I remember growing up, my grandfather would sometimes pick me up from school, take me home, and he got the, the award in the Guinness Book of World Records for world's slowest driver. <laughs> and it's amazing, because my mom brought me to school, and it's amazing how getting to school was twice as fast than going home from school, because he would never... Um, reach 35 miles an hour ever, unless he was on the interstate, and then he would go up to 55 miles an hour. So no matter what you were doing, you were always watching cars pass you up. You're like, you're like almost afraid that people are going to hit you because you're going so slow. And it just amazed me because, you know, he was like a capable, confident businessman. I mean, well-liked, very good with people, but somehow he was so incredibly patient when he drove. We all know that patience is hard, you know, especially as you get older, you know, parents, they know that patience is really difficult whenever your kids are, or they're not behaving or they're not getting along. Um, spouses know that it's hard to be patient sometimes, especially uh, whenever um, you start to lose your hearing and you start to get annoyed with each other and then patience is just hard to keep up with. And so we all know that patience is one of those things we tend to talk a lot about. And people come to me often, they say, Father, how can I be more patient? What's the secret? How, how do we get more patient? Well, I think there's a lot to say there because um, patience is obviously not easy. But St. James in the second, uh, well, in the second letter today, it's the letter, it comes from St. James's letter in the New Testament. And he tells us simply, be patient. St. James is, you got to love him. You know, St. Paul's very poetic and, you know, metaphorical and all these allegories. And St. James is just to the point and just tells us, be patient. And to put that into context, St. James is writing, uh, most scholars believe, to a Jewish Christian audience. In other words, you know how St. Paul was oftentimes preaching to the Gentiles and they were converting to Christianity. Well, St. James, it's believed right here in this letter, was preaching to Jews who were uh, converting to Christianity. So it's a little bit of a different lifestyle. And, and if you put that into context, the Jews, they were waiting thousands of years for the Messiah. They, they knew these, the scriptures of the Old Testament. They heard the prophecies. They were waiting for the one who is to come. And now these Christians were identifying that that was Jesus. But they've waited many years for Jesus. And, and finally, Jesus comes onto the scene. He lives, suffers, dies, rises, and ascends into heaven. And now we have these churches that are established. And they are being told that Christ is coming again. He'll be back soon. He's going to come a second time to fully reign into his kingdom. And, and then we'll have a new heavens and a new earth. And it's going to happen soon, they're, they're told. Well, after a year, two years, a couple years go by, they're starting to wonder, well, what's taking so long? How come he's not here yet? Y'all told us that he's coming soon. And so now we have this, this struggle within this Jewish Christian church of, well, wait, like how long is soon? How long is it going to take? And we're wrestling now with, now do we... Do we doubt that Jesus' words were true, or is it just going to take a little bit longer? Is, is he talking about thousands of years longer? And there's all of these questions that are happening in this community. And St. James is speaking into it, and he says, be patient. 
And he gives us two examples. He says, um, one, he gives the example of the farmer. And, and those that, that know a little bit about farming, sometimes it takes not just one season, but a few seasons, perhaps a few years before you start seeing the fruit of your labor. And St. James also points to the prophets of the Old Testament, that many of these prophets, it was many years, generations after they died before their prophecy came true. Some of them even a whole millennia after they died before their prophecy came true. And so he's reminding them, be patient because this whole idea that Jesus is going to come tomorrow, like maybe, none of us know the time or the hour, but, but even if he doesn't, it might be generations, it might be centuries. And that's okay because God's ways are not our ways. And so St. James is talking about patience within the context of the parousia, which is Greek word for uh, coming, the Latin word for coming is advent or adventus. So um, all of that is kind of put into context for us today. Yes, we are waiting for the second coming of Christ, just like those early Christians. And it might be centuries later, or it might be soon. But either way, as we grow in patience with the parousia, the adventus of Jesus, we can also apply that same patience to our everyday life in every circumstance. And that's where it gets a little difficult. St. Paul also talks about patience in his letter to the Corinthians. And that's a very famous passage from St. Paul that many of us hear, especially at weddings. You might be familiar with it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful, etc. But what's interesting, you know, Paul, in that, in that very famous passage, he gives us all these different descriptions of love, but the very first one he chooses to describe agape love, the, the unconditional divine love that God has for us, the very first adjective that he chooses is patience. It's profound. It's interesting because patience, this forbearance, this tranquil state as we await the um, the coming of the, the uh, a coming outcome. Patience, St. Paul applies to love, which is to say that a lack of patience is indicative of a lack of love, which is kind of a frightening thought. Because in my experience, no one is patient. Not even me. But yet... St. James gives us a little bit of a clue on how we can grow in patience. His concrete advice for us today is to stop complaining. He applies complaining as the opposite of patience, that if we can complain less, perhaps we can be more patient. Which is interesting, you know, I mean, if we just think about people that in our life, maybe it's ourselves, but people that we can think about that complain a lot, usually those people are not very patient. There does seem to be some kind of connection. So perhaps what we can learn today from St. James is, if we want to grow in patience, perhaps we can start with complaining less. So let's think about that today. Think about in your life how often 
do you complain? On a scale of one to 10, how much of a complainer are you? Now, stop thinking about your spouse. Stop thinking about your children, because I know that's immediately what you started thinking of. I want you to think about yourself. How often do you complain on a scale of one to 10? And now, maybe you scored yourself pretty high. Now, let's start just asking, you know, if, if you scored pretty high, what's, what's the reason? What's underneath that? Why is it that you are a complainer? Maybe you complain because you're, you're, you're stressed. Maybe you complain because you're afraid of future outcomes. Maybe you are a controlling person. Maybe you are a selfish person. Maybe you are addicted to comforts and you can't stand the thought of losing some of those comforts? What is it? Why is it that you complain so much? Because perhaps if we can identify what's underneath that complaining, maybe that's something we can bring to prayer. Maybe that's something we can offer to the Lord, maybe right now even in this Mass, so that we can start taking steps towards patience and therefore steps towards love. We want to complain as little as possible. In fact, St. Francis de Sales, I've mentioned him uh, before. He was a um, great saint, who, very practical, very practical wisdom. And he, he spoke into, uh, into patience and, and complaining a little bit. He said this, complain as little as possible because usually self-love tends to feel injuries worse than they really seem. Complain as little as possible, but if, in justice, you must complain a little bit. In other words, if you must vent. And he says, in justice, you know, like if you have to right a wrong or if you just need to clear something up in your mind and, and so that you can attain, attain peace. If you must complain a little bit, be careful with who you complain to. He says, don't complain to people who are overly emotional, and who easily find faults in others. Because those people will just make it worse. They're just going to get you more fired up, more angry, more frustrated. In Cajun terms, they're just going to stir the pot and make that worse. Instead, he says, if you must complain a little bit, complain to someone who is even-tempered, and who really loves God. Someone who is even-tempered and who really loves the Lord. Because those people will hear you out, and they will point you back to Jesus. They will rationally relay back to you what you need to know, rather than just choosing sides and creating arguments and getting you more fired up and aggravated. So if you must complain, be very wise about who you complain to, because not all complaining is equal. And ultimately, we want to complain as little as possible, because the most virtuous way is to simply just give it to the Lord and to be patient. That helps us grow in love. So as we continue to pray about Advent, the coming of the Lord, as we continue to grow in our patience with the second coming, the the parousia, the Adventus of Jesus Christ, we want to apply patience to every circumstance in our life. We don't want to just be selectively patient. We want to be patient in all circumstances. 
And if we need a little help in that, go to those that are even-tempered and that love the Lord, not those that find faults in others and that are overly emotional and dramatic. As we complain less, we will be more patient. And as we are more patient, we will grow in love. Amen. Amen. Amen.